I've never been of the opinion that the intro should be the first thing that one hears from of these things. Mm-hmm. I think it should, there should definitely be chatter and then someone does the intro. Ah, uh, you like taking the uh, last topic from the left. <laughs> is, is what I'm getting here. It is, it is the best podcast, so <laughs> it is also the best podcast model, yes. Well, yes, Sam, that is the second best podcast. <laughs> oh, after after Hardcore History, yeah. Oh my god. I've not seen a failure of self-promotion of this magnitude since Jeff Bezos tried to look like a human being. Instead <laughs> came off looking like fucking Char Aznable. I'm just thinking of the choices in life that lead to writing a penis-shaped You cannot profit, not while your souls are held down by gravity. And I know they had options. Uh, they, they, they need to pander to this billionaire. So they could have developed something that didn't look like a penis. And they are afraid of his opinions. So I can only assume he approves of the penis shape. What did the penis? Or but desired. Did, did, did spaceship look like a penis? All right, I'm going to pull this up. I don't the... read the news. I, I try to avoid it when I'll, whenever possible. I'm always disappointed. I'm never surprised. Rarely does it ever change my viewpoint on anything. I just need to know. <laughs> 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 Alright, so, you understand... Look at that motherfucking thing! <laughs> and I'll admit, I'm a plebeian on this front, perhaps this is the most efficient ship design, and we have just a beautiful case of biomimicry. But all I can wonder is if the heat shield on this thing are made of latex. <laughs> they call him the Red Rocket. <laughs> uh, oh, man. White-based Trojan horse, Trojan condoms. There's a joke there somewhere. I'm not going to thread the needle today because my brain is fucked. So before we get to our fucking main review thing, by the way, because I watched Big Brother Yurimichi, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it, but they screwed one thing up in adaptation, which is every time he has, like, a dark thought, they'll, like, zoom in on his face and black out the screen. That's really just putting a hat on the hat. Like, the joke is the contrast. No, it's because they gilded the lily, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to keep like, the kids' show backdrop and all that shit, and the contrast is what... I don't know. But the writing still works. So oh, I'm you st- know what they're doing? They're Kaguya-saming. They're Kaguya-saming? They're, they're, okay, they're taking cues from Kaguya-sama with the whole internal monologue and do weird directing tricks. Ah, uh, okay, but uh, you, see, you, you can't blindly... It works in you... Kaguya-saga because Kaguya-sama is designed around that whole thing. But... Yeah, and it's not like going on like a base black comedy contrast either. Like, exactly. But, yeah. Oh, well. You know what they say about great artists stealing kids? Uh, great artists steal selectively. <laughs> they steal from specific things that fit what they're doing they at the moment. The correct, they steal the correct things from the correct places written by the correct people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just unfortunate to me because I think that show has a lot of potential, but... I don't know, it's not, it's not terrible, though. Moving onwards. I mean, it's not a coincidence. Actually, it is a coincidence that Jeff Bezos did his fucking... Gundam turret. <laughs> so did you use, you, like, you fucking read the thing up the hill? Which one? Oh, he just, you know, called for companies to move into space. So, if I were to compare <laughs> a global terrorist movement racking up casualties in the tens of thousands versus Jeff literal dickhead Bezos as two methods of telling people to get off the planet... I think I would actually prefer the terrorist movement. And I think people would actually listen a little more intensely. They've got such a more kick-ass logo than Amazon does, I can tell you that much. 
that is what we call pointedly true. <laughs> I mean, you know me and iconography. Hey, it's an element. It's a visual medium, right? So I'm going to throw the context tree up a bit and you know, hang all the ornaments on it. We watched a Mobile Suit Gundam movie this week. And Hathaway. Hathaway, yeah, yeah, yeah. And named after the Hathaway you are thinking of from Char's Counterattack. And if you had either a very boring or very productive youth, Char's Counterattack, that's the sort of the seminal Gundam movie. Yeah. To try to move society to its next stage, a guy, for a variety of complicated reasons, tries to slam an asteroid into Earth to get humanity to jump off of it. And this is thwarted for various personal and dramatic reasons that are very interesting, yada yada. And then there's... Along the way, there's just so many annoying assholes. A bevy of... A, a cavalcade of annoying assholes. There's like at least six of them. A big band's worth. Like, you get someone on every brash instrument. Only two of whom continue to be relevant into Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. One of them is one of the annoying assholes in question. Mm-hmm. Hathaway Noah, uh, son of the Eternal Captain. Way less annoying in his adulthood although that such can be said of most folks so you know you end up retroactively <laughs> giving uh giving young hathaway from shar's counterattack the benefit of the doubt he was not the only one acting the quintessential fool or even the only one acting the fool over that person or for that reason or in this issue i can't remember if he's a new type i think he is it is French Revolution levels of individual nutty personalities tilting history <laughs> over in a Char's counterattack. I mean, Quest Pariah. <laughs> you knew that people would hate her. <laughs> you knew that they would hate her, so he calls her Quest fucking Pariah. <laughs> <laughs> Continues to be a presence even though she's dead. Sometimes it's, uh, it's good to be ahead of the curve. And this is the first of, you said three? The first of three. It's an adaptation of Yoshiyuki Tomino's novel, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash. And it is performing very well so far. It's a good thing I knew this one of three thing going in, because if I were to throw one hard critique at this film, it has the weirdest stopping point of something called a movie, I would say. Yeah, it kind of just, uh, ends. It ends. Like, it would have been... Equally jarring, just stop in the middle of a random line of dialogue. Here's the thing, it's like it's a Gundam show, right? It's a Gundam movie, and barely anyone fucking dies. Like, three people die in the first 15 minutes. Let's, okay, five or six people die in the first 15 minutes, and after that, no one with a name, certainly not. I've chosen to sort of just mentally file this thing, and it is a great thing in my opinion, but to enjoy it optimally, I've just mentally accepted that this is a pure rising action experience. Yes, I mean, this This is the first act of a story, you know, from a novel that was a singular unit adapted into a movie. So it's, um, it's not going to be a perfect singular little product here, but as, you know, the first act of this story, fantastic shit. And also just, it's so universal century. Yeah, it is redolent with that text it even has the little universal century sort of dialogue quirks yes i like gundam dialogue i like uc dialogue um i although i kind of use those terms interchangeably when talking about gundam dialogue because like truth be told they all kind of do it Mm -hmm. 
Less so in Iron Blooded Orphans. That thing has a lot of its own texture. But like, Double O and Seed, absolutely, they did that shit too. Where you will have people kind of talking about something, just be talking about whatever the current situation <laughs> is, uh, and then they'll just drop in like some weird fucking Proust quote or something. It's so noticeable the way that Gundam does it because, you know, normally people are very fixated on either trying to achieve naturalistic dialogue or make their little philosophical statement. It will just sort of toggle the switch back and forth. Within have a the same sentence. Within the same sentence. Like, you'll have someone saying, like, yo, you want to do some donuts in the parking lot? You know, that circle kind of reminds me of, like, the endless spiral of this war we're trapped in. Then there'll be long pause. Yeah, let's do donuts. <laughs> or they'll be thinking about, all right, we need to start thinking about reentry in a couple of hours. Mankind is motivated by the darkness and the <laughs> emptiness inside of him. Oh and no, he, there's some feels kids that in he the... must feel. He feels that he must fill it. <laughs> Third pause. There are some kids in the lobby too. Get rid of them, <laughs> scamps. I hope they get to grow up and see the next war. <laughs> it's a it's a unique dialogue switch and. Um, Obviously, I'm riffing a little, but everything has its charm, and it's also just... It helps that the things that they tend to be philosophizing, thinking about, whatever... Thinking about. ...tend to be of an actual, like, intelligent grade. You can honestly earn a lot of rope with a lot of navel-gazing tropes that I will otherwise sort of kick at the shin at if what you're talking about is actually interesting interesting or thought out in some way. Well, you know what kind of always did it for me about the Universal Century in particular, um, in part just because there's so much fucking content attached to it, is you get this... I'll preface it with, in Gundam, you have a whole bunch of really fucking volatile people in positions of a good deal of power, whether Mm -hmm. they be, you know, at the helm of a ship... Or the seat of a Gundam, or, you know, with a button in front of them. Then you start to consider just how fucking awful everything has been <laughs> since 0079, right? I think it's like 105 by the time we get to to Hathaway's Flash, right? 105, maybe even lo- uh, further along than that. And these people are trapped in a conflict with the length of the Hundred Years' War with the casualties going. of World War One. Half of mankind's population died in 79. So everyone's got generational trauma, and that was yeah. just the beginning. I really love the texture of the whole UC setting. It is not usually pinned under the term I'm about to use because it is a smarter show with more emotional variety made by smarter people. But if you were to talk about just sci-fi grim darkness, the things this people and this setting have been through, Mm. it captures that really well. And I guess I just always enjoyed the UC emotional texture of it being 1941 and everyone just having their own variant of the thousand yards there. You know, different numbers attached to it. Maybe you got some cocky hotshots of like a... 200 yards there. There's, there is a argument to be made that the Universal Century kind of, kind of post the first series, right? Post Mobile Suit Gundam 79 does sort of take place in something resembling a post-apocalyptic setting. Like, I remember in Zeta Gundam, there's this brief arc where they're in San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge is just fucking sunk into the water because it got fucking hit during the one-year war. And... 
there's just not the resources to fix it. So it's just sitting there, sunk. The city, you know, kind of half in ruins. Most cities they go to half in ruins. Mankind's still there. Society still exists. But everything's shittier now. Everything looks like a fucking defunct land exhibit or feature. Yeah, no, it it does. It does. It looks like this. it, It looks like an abandoned theme park half the goddamn time. Yeah, I always appreciated that about it. And something I was thinking about this entire time because I was fixated on this question when I was writing, when I was watching the Demon Slayer movie too. Mm-hmm. Because you know these are both pitched as movies, and it's not just your fan base who sees these things as you pay so much fucking advertising. You just get randos coming across it. And I tried to think, all right, how well does this movie scan if you are just a guy? Which is it's not necessarily a bad movie if it does not achieve this. But I always find a lot of, like, franchise movies will either fall... You know, there's a balance being met, and it's easy to fall either on the feeble attempt to recap everything, which I once saw a One Piece movie vomit blood in the attempt. <laughs> or... Fuck you, we're in, let's go, which is kind of where the psychopath movie lives sometimes. Sure. And... What I liked about Hathaway, less so the Demon Slayer movie, I think that one just sort of survives because it's going with sort of very elemental storytelling there. Okay. But what I liked about Hathaway is that I think you can just watch this, and it wouldn't get any of the callback things, but I think it's relatively easy rock. Oh, okay, world here is shit. Eco-terrorists. Eco-terrorists. There's this guy named Char. Yeah, the information is paced out very well, in my opinion. So, And there's not you a have... whole lot of... um. There's not a whole lot of exposition in it. There is not. Which brings me to my point. If you are listening to this review and you have no idea what I'm talking about with counterattacks or post or whatever, it doesn't matter because this is actually just kind of a good movie movie anyway. Although if you want to get into Universal Century, watch Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. like that. That that is the new best starting point. And if you want to dip your toes and see if you want to get into Universal Century... You watch Gundam Thunderbolt. That's right, that's right. You can watch the uh, short film jazz version of Gundam, and it's a great... It's a great sample platter. Uh, you ever go to one of those bars that bring you, like, the, the little sample set of way too much of each beer and you leave on your ass? That's Thunderbolt. I thought you were going, I thought you were about to start talking about tapas. I was not about to start <laughs> talking about tapas. And then it turned out to be about alcoholism. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know lifestyle choices <laughs> this movie picked and i'm surprised they picked it but they took the character from interesting place hathaway who i would not call a uh, beloved fandom figure before no this. he was piss annoying <laughs> he was piss annoying and was, uh, he would have been everyone's least favorite character in shara's counterattack were it not for quests the chick he was simping for in they franchise were just, complaining terms. They were the most unwelcome subplot in that fucking movie, and yet they somehow managed to take him, put him in his own story, and have him be immensely compelling. This is like a compelling movie called just... The, it's, it's just called Binks. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him reflecting on what he did and what he has to do now for Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> Misa dreamed of a better world. Now we're doing a bit then. (laughs) I thought we could just move on. (laughs) 
I missed you. Okay. We could just move on then. Binks coming to theaters in spring 2024. Six seasons, etc., etc. When I say it takes an annoying character, it doesn't just throw out the whole baby of the bathwater of what drove the annoying things. It's actually, he is very much treated as someone who, when he was 14, did these things did and these made things. choices from there. Tries not to bring, like, I, I I like how he seems actively embarrassed by it these days. Like, oh, God, I actually just stole a movable suit and flew oh, around. Yeah, I made a lot of trouble for Dad. Sure, it's just, it's, it actually kind of sucked. <laughs> not proud of any of you. And, you know, well, obviously has his plot level reasons for his discomfort around Federation things, the way it colors his interactions in this movie is fun and his obvious sort of walls outside projection of the whole quest thing the gg thing there's a character named gg thing all you need to know is just another new type you don't know what a new type is it doesn't matter because just weird psychic shit is happening and i don't know you've you've watched movies you'll be fine like stand users they're drawn to one another it always makes them it tends to make them act weird around one another they'll come to irrational decisions It'll very quickly spiral into either a type of needy attachment or interpersonal rivalry. It's interesting. Yeah. Tomino has a uh, fun way of that business. So I like what they did with this character. And um, I'm just going to enter the spoiler zone from here. So if you are going to watch this movie and do not want to be spoiled, then you may move on to another piece of infinite content. Three, two, one, bang. Okay, so he's an eco-terrorist in this movie, and that's really great after right out of the gate of Char's counterattack. Yes. They've got this whole almost... It's it's not because I believe Hathaway's Flash was written 20, 30 years ago at this point, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a riff on Lelouch Lamperouge, but I kind of like it as a reflection of Lelouch Lamperouge. He's the most unassuming motherfucker. Like, he's not... It's clearly him. (laughs) If you were playing a guess who in an NSA office. I. It is so clearly Lelouch Lamprouge. That is zero. That is zero. (laughs) None of you should be surprised. All of you are idiots. But no. Can you imagine the court marshals? (laughs) Someone needs to go down for this. Not just him. So, you know, Hathaway, you know, comes off as, you know, just this quiet, unassuming sort of milquetoast fellow who would like to put his past behind him and is absolutely trying to do that, yes, and also, you know, have a future, Mm -hmm. you know, the future of a Gundam antagonist. But, you know, the fun thing is that he's the protagonist of this. And it definitely plays, I think, in the tropes of how we sort of expect a Gundam protagonist to be expected. Like, he definitely carries that kind of initial Ray unassumingness. Yeah. But it quickly becomes clear that he is anything but typical and that this bomb is active and this bomb is mobile. And <laughs> the particular lens this movie has chosen for its like swath of destruction and what's guys planned is very smart i think mm-hmm. and it is honestly just good at framing the stakes of familiar sequences or plot in a way that elevates them or is at least from a fresh angle i mean obviously there have been you know super robot or whatever or real robot fights where there's a lot of attention paid to what happens on the ground or maybe it's even just the big budget gravity of it but 
they portray just how stupid destructive the smallest mobile suit fight near a city or colony or whatever is. Yeah, it's just there, this. there's like three or four mobile suits involved in this fight. One on one side and three on the other. Yeah. And you follow Hathaway, who's not part of this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he actually ordered this he ordered this fight to happen as a distraction. Uh, and then basically makes the call <laughs> makes the call while it's happening. Oh shit, I can't actually he's trying to get out, right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to get out. Uh, he's trying to get out underneath the uh, underneath the veil that this would provide. but he you know, he's got to save the fucking girl. Uh, makes the decision to do this in the moment, basically making this entire thing moot uh, and ends up just running around trying to fucking not die while this fight is happening. And you're seeing this scale of what even the smallest, as you were saying, mobile suit fight looks like and how goddamn terrifying it would be as just the city kind of collapses around them. One of them drops their gun. Yes, I was going to talk about when it drops its sidearm. That's probably one of the better parts of the entire movie right there is just and the, it just loses the its beam there. rifle and it goes boom into the fucking street and shockwaves erupt. Okay, you guys know what I'm like. You've heard me on this show. And I think there was a 20 minute stretch in this movie where I just didn't make any dumb jokes. Yes. And I think that's an achievement. I <laughs> I was thinking it about 15 seconds or so before you brought it up. I was like, no, dude, I've been pretty quiet lately. <laughs> He's not bored. He'd be riffing on it if he were bored. He'd be calling it boring. Re- for a reference, I ha- I received several glares during a group viewing of the erstwhile Citizen Kane with jokes about lines of composition. It's like you had to find something. You had to find fucking something to watch. Uh, so yeah, extremely enjoyable sequence. If I were to have been making a dumb comment during that, the way it portrays this destruction effectively and sort of ties into how people feel being fucking vaped on the ground. Mm-hmm. I just remember that fucking exchange they have in Team America where they keep talking about 9-11 times 300 billion trillion. <laughs> trillion. <laughs> and you get that. You get that from the struggle to survive being Gundamed. What, what, I, what, I, what I love about Gundam. Right, just you know, at its core, it's just a story about people who always find all of these great reasons to kill one another, and usually it's not one another who dies; it's everyone else. This fight, you know, about halfway or so through the movie, is a really fantastic little encapsulation of that idea, as just all of these people who are just there, you know, just civilians just of this, there, like, existing. this Pacific Island nation um, run screaming from the fight between Mr. High-Minded Ideas and, you know, the permanently on-the-brink-of-collapse government. I really enjoy every version of the Federation you ever see in this franchise feels like it's just two years away from the Weimar Collapse. And yet, as of Victory Gundam, which takes place around 80-some years or so after, you know, the events portrayed in this film, still there. Way less powerful, still there. It limpeth along. It limpeth along. Judo Ashta is still alive as of Victory Gundam. 
really just kicking around Pluto. He came back. Oh, okay. Uh, he, was, he was Jupiter. Jupiter. We're going to Jupiter, I believe. Uh, he's old. He's extremely old. <laughs> he's, he's, he's this old guy. He's still got it, though. How do kids do it? <laughs> that series never got a dub, but I like the idea that all of them sound like the cast of The Sopranos. <laughs> do you want to toss a Gabagool joke? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to embarrass myself with my... Uh, with my uh, Gandolfini impression. That's fair, that's fair. We will only dance on the toes of the Republican dead on Weeaboo Hell. <laughs> Are we the most partisan anime podcast out there? Probably not. There's a lot of anime Nazis out there. Oh, right. I forgot there was another team. <laughs> Alright, zooming back in on um, the flick here. A small thing I enjoyed, but small characterization things are what, you know, make up movies and plots, so I think it's fair to jump into those. It's like the, uh, it's the time on top of it. It's the time. Or Rosemary. His refusal to be pulled into the love triangle I was thing. about to mention that. It's one of my favorite goddamn things. He's just sitting there trying to be an eco-terrorist leader. <laughs> and here's this bitch and this Chad trying to pull him into some dumb shit love triangle. And he's just having fucking none of it. Oh, you'd hate it if I uh, took her out, wouldn't and, you? And it's, it's great because they both seem to want him to be part of this. Like It's like it's some fucking game to them. It's like everyone's trying to get you to play this board game you don't know the rules of. <laughs> like, Gigi, for her part, seems to want to sit on his face really goddamn hard. And uh, Sleg, for his <laughs> part, seems to want some competition or something. <laughs> Is his thought process just, well, it wouldn't be sporting if you didn't fight back? <laughs> I think he just wants his life to be more interesting. I don't know. Well, he... Gets it on a different front. Hathaway doesn't want his life to be interesting. He just wants people to fucking leave already. <laughs> he wants them to leave I this. Will... He wants them to leave the planet. He wants them to leave this room. In fact, <laughs> I'll only pursue this love triangle if you take it to space. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, it's revealed he's had a girlfriend this whole time. <laughs> so he could. Honestly, give a shit about any of this. Up, oh, you got me. You've uh, you've sure cucked me, Slag. I, I, I feel now, the horn now, sprouting from my forehead. Now I am the horned one. <laughs> I will never rise from the ashes. <laughs> Truly, I am the Virgin Hathaway, and you're the Chad Slag. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of got a similar name as a guy from the first show. If it seems like I've been relatively one-sided and heaping praise on this movie, well, for one thing, I just fucking enjoyed it. It's just it. a it's, really it's, good... It's, it's just, it's, it's just it's a good-ass good. time. It's, it's really just a good-ass good. time. My, remember, my biggest complaint about it was that it just basically randomly stops because they're adapting chunks of a novel. Yeah. Like, they basically, like they introduce this new set of characters, like, oh, what happens next? The credits, like, you're gonna have to wait three years, motherfucker! Cool. <laughs> Oh man, I hope we won't get thunderbolted. We'd be lucky if we just got Unicorn. I think it was, what, 2006 by the first episode of Unicorn? It was like 2013, the last one. Oof. They have such a. Oh, we get fucking rebuilded. Franchise philosophy, because, you know. 15 years. Franchises will often lean very hard either in the direction of, you know, 
remake things of the same tone or try to go art house with it or horror it out. And instead, they basically bifurcated Gundam into the art and prostitution divisions. Oh, what, with, uh... The build fighters and all... Oh, yeah, no, they basically... Yeah, they just siphoned out all the most toy merchandise parts of the franchise and just gave it its own show so that they could do stuff like this. And I kind of admire... So many times in life we're told we have to choose between cocaine and our vision. (laughs) And just look at Tomino, a nice little pile of gold cocaine and pride it's great honestly you barely even see the mobile suits in question in this uh in this movie i mean perhaps you'll see them more in the next two but you know the two big you know action set pieces take place at night you really could have made a less visually interesting version of this movie that was just battleships kicking around yeah and i guess it well i don't really know what it speaks of but it's interesting <laughs> Well, I like that they're able to kind of keep it fresh because you would think that you can only watch giant metal samurai, you know, fly around and shoot each other with uh, with lightsabers so many times before the novelty wears off. But they always find a way to make it extremely interesting. Yeah, it's spun in a fresh way. It reminds me of like back when Gendy Tartakovsky had Star Wars for a fat minute mm-hmm. and he was doing really different stuff with the Force stuff. Yeah. It's not, they don't do the same different thing, but they're as smart about playing it differently as that was. Yeah. In my humble opinion. The fights in this series, they did a very good job portraying just how fucking hard it is to fly one of those things. Mm, yeah. Just what an effort it is. What an effort it is, the value of a pilot, like having any yeah. given person who can do these things, the lengths you would go to to get one back. Just how immensely... Just how fucking nerve-wracking a fight with another ace is. Yeah. Not even an ace, in some cases. The Federation ace pilot in this grew on me. Oh yeah, that Lane kid. I like that Lane is basically working on, like, a system of honor. Like, It's like he knows he's supposed to be a hero and is sort of chafing under the situation. Yeah, he's just like, I think his greatest sin is that he is a little bit unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. That's it. He's got a sense of, you know, he's got a sense of personal honor. He's just like kind of, kind of an abrasive dude. I wouldn't even call him a dick. Just kind of unpleasant. Yeah, yeah he... Just not someone I'd ever really choose to hang out with. Top gun personality. Yeah. Which, you know, sounds basic, but sometimes it's all about the, I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it. Sometimes it's about, I'm leaning to the microphone, the execution. <sighs> he said it. <laughs> glass cans and beer bottles just thrown at me (laughs) i should contextualize that last joke uh we just watched fucking zach Ryder with the gcw championship and it's the funniest life provides small joys they gave him the straps they did they did when we say that you don't even see as much of the mobile suits, they do keep the action quota up, but there's a little bit more of stuff on the ground, like especially the whole opening sequence is essentially Con Air or something. Uh, I'd more compared to Air Force One. Air Force One. I couldn't remember the name of Air Force One, so I went for Con Air because he had something on a plane. But I guess it just shows they have thought about what Gundam is, can be, etc. Anyway, I think I've mined my perspectives. Anything you'd like to bring to the table? Remember, I... (laughs) 
whenever I try to introduce Gundam to people, and I have to start talking about new types, is there a better way? Is there a better shorthand? I know the fortranism that's coming here. Yeah, that, that's a that's a problem. Okay, I'm not actually going to say it, but like, is there a more, let's say, <laughs> politically correct <laughs> shorthand for <laughs> for you know new typeism? I know with my advertising brain. I could get like a chalkboard and just write out ideas. I found something that sound did less ableist than the typical shorthand. Because because the idea is that you know it's the next phase of human evolution, and you know that was triggered by by humans moving to space, Uh, and it's not always that great of a thing to the individual because yes, it's psychic powers, but psychic powers in such a way that you just completely are disconnected from the human experience as, you know, it is sort of imagined mm-hmm. or as, you know, as we understand it, right? You just stop acting in a way that is, that even makes sense to anyone anymore. Right. Your, your motives become, uh, your motives have a habit of becoming detached uh, from the material you start that's the thing like that's what i like is that like gundam protagonist and antagonist you know all those new new types right they have these motives that are so amazingly immaterial they have these motives that are so uh, tied to not their belief even but like just this um uh, i guess you could say belief but just this um this fucking feeling that they have about yeah. how things should be um and it's not even a sense of right or wrong. It's like a compulsion that's driving them. Compulsion is actually not a bad word. Yeah. Like, we need a term that combines compulsion, detachment, not being a funny turn of phrase about the spectrum. No. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Okay, we're not going to do that. Oh, man, we've become so much more well-behaved over time. Isn't that nice? I, uh, I'm almost 30. I, I, I damn well better be. That is true. Oh man, I think I had my birthday while I was I think on the twenty-two-year-old uh, version. While I was on us, my hiatus, the show would get very popular, immediately canceled. We never get a job again. <laughs> what can you do? What except can you not do? that? Probably not that. Not probably, that. Avoid that. <laughs> probably avoid whatever it was that twenty-two-year-old Sam would have done. <laughs> but people grow. They do, like Hathaway. Like Hathaway. Oh, yeah, but that, yeah, that feeling of like sort of elevation above standard humanity, but not all the way. I, I don't have a better shorthand for it. that. Could be a, that'll be my challenge for when we come back next week. Actually, I'm gonna come. I'm going to add brain up a way to describe new typeism that pithy that you can say in decent company, sure, without someone glaring at you or getting sort of smacked in the back of the head. Like a bad child. Or smacked in the front of the head. Or smacked in the front of the head. It could be, you get scaramucci according to Mr. Colbert. <laughs> front stabbed, as it were. <laughs> anyway, we are very happy to be back with you people. Absolutely. It's been a long couple of weeks. Yeah, and, um, you know, we have a slate of fresh ideas. I don't see us doing any of the current isekai runs because I have insulted these from so many angles and I, I, i've run out of things to say i haven't run out of things to say but we're getting towards like the b league and it, it's it's 
below the insight tier, it's really just funny insults it's, to it's me. It's just fucking takes. It's <laughs> just <laughs> fucking takes. It's really just me comparing it to different military blunders and people I dislike and food that sucks. Alright, once I said that it's like watching someone play a video game, I, like, that That was all, that was kind of the end of that book right there. Mm. And I'm not writing a sequel, it doesn't need one. <laughs> the main character died. It so, doesn't get one. It's like EM dash watching someone semicolon playing an RE video game. Ugh. Titles are fucking hilarious. Anyway, this has been Weeaboo Hell. Yeah, I'm going to bed. It's Weeaboo Hell. (laughs) Good night.